0: Good morning, listener. You're welcome to NASCO Moments. How many times have you washed your hands today? Remember, always stay safe. I am Hudun Giang. On the show today, we will discuss the imperative for seeking professional medical help and the dangers of self-medication. The practice of self-medication is a global phenomenon practiced from country to country. Every day, all over the world, individuals, irrespective of their level of education and social standing, engage in the act of managing their health without consulting qualified health personnel. While this is largely indisputable, the incidence of self-medication may be higher in developing countries. Although self-medication may be said to contribute a fair degree of success to the management of minor ailments, experts say its risks to the individual, family, and community far outweigh the benefits. On the Nuskal Women's show this morning, we shall discuss the imperative for seeking professional medical help and the dangers of self-medication with our guest, Dr. Daniel Jato-Meshak. He is a consultant family physician with the Joss University Teaching Hospital, Juve, a lecturer, University of Joss, and an alumnus, London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, University of London. Dr. Daniel Meshak, welcome to the Nasko Moment Show.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Don't touch the dial. We shall be right back. Ah, uh-uh. ah, Mama Shakara. Eh? This is your <laughs> Oh, don't fit how manage ah my
1: sister now bright text white detergent oh bright text detergent not the fade cloth at all at all and it wash washcloth clean well well it gets power to come out all the nyama nyama stain and dirty no matter how it be not go chop hand so oh. no you know the chop handle oh. and it good for washing machine
0: too eh Mama Shakara, me too now Brightex detergent I to use to wash all my clothes now so that I go to shine, shine and saint, saint and
1: make Shakara like you so. <laughs> Brightex white detergent, a quality product from Nasco. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex for the brightest wash.
0: Welcome back listener. I am your host Hudun gang and this is Nasco Moments. We're talking about the imperative for seeking professional medical help and the dangers of self-medication. Our guest is Dr. Daniel Jatel meshak a consultant, family physician with the Joss University Teaching Hospital, Juve. He's a lecturer, University of Joss, and an alumnus, London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, University of London. Now we shall begin the day's discussion. Dr. Meshak, give us a layman's definition of self-medication.
1: Okay, in layman's term, um, self-medication simply means the use of medicines or medication uh, by individual based on self-diagnosis or uh, self-recognition of symptoms uh, to treat this um, uh, ailment without uh, the prescription of a doctor or any health personnel that is authorized to uh, prescribe. And so, um, in certain situations, you will find out that probably it was a medication that was given for another ailment and then because the new ailment is coming the person decides to do the diagnosis by him or herself and so decide to uh, take the medication. Another instances it could be on the recommendation of uh, friends or lay people or sometimes even people who are working in the hospital but who don't even have the authority or the training Uh, to prescribe uh, medication. So all this constitutes uh, uh, self-medication.
0: How serious would you say is the incidence of self-medication, especially here in Nigeria?
1: Well, it is a really serious problem, not just in Nigeria, globally. And there have been several uh, researches that have been conducted here in Nigeria, and it shows that the uh, burden of um, self-medication ranges uh, between Uh, 50 percent to about 95 percent. In fact, there was a study that found a burden of about 99 percent and so that has to tell that it's very very common because many people are going and taking medications without being prescribed by a person that is qualified to do so. So it is a serious problem.
0: So why in your view do people engage in self-medication?
1: well there are many reasons sometimes it could be single or even combined but uh, for me the first thing is uh, that it is available easily available for people people can just go into pharmacies uh, from school shops to pattern medicine stores and just ask um, the people there uh, to give them medication you could just say give me concoction for headache you know and the rest and people they will just give them and so um, and that is closely ring, uh, linked to the issue of regulation. So there's a problem of regulation. Ordinarily, uh, the pharmaceutical council of Nigeria and relevant bodies have decided with the responsibility to regulate that. So you find out that people who are working in the pharmacies or the patent medicines may not have adequate training, and so because of that, people come we just give them that and then so the failure of regulation is very key. Um, also, we have to look at the nature of our health system uh, presently. How people access our uh, healthcare services? Number one, there is a problem of access. Many people are not able to access healthcare services. And when we talk about access, we talk about components like financial access. We talk about geographical access. We talk about even cultural access. So, in the case of financial access, most people may not have the funds or resources to afford uh, healthcare services, and so because of that, they feel that going to get it um, on their own is cheaper. And then, uh, when you talk about geographical access, some people are living in hard-to-reach areas, remote areas, whereby transportation is a problem. In fact, the closest health facility is quite a distance from where they are, so it becomes a problem for them, so they'll prefer to go for the easy way. And and then cultural practices, uh, accessibility is also another factor. Is it something that is acceptable within that community? There could be prevailing cultural beliefs and practices that may not allow people to uh, access um, those uh, healthcare services. And then you look at it by the nature of our services, the fact that we have a large population and we don't have adequate number of health facilities, the top ones like the tertiary institutions, people, a lot of people go there and they crowd there and so there's a lot of crowd. So when you go there, you find out that you spend, you take longer hours before you are able to see a doctor. And so that can be frustrating. And so because of that, some people, in order to avoid that, they will just prefer to go there. And then the satisfaction with the current system. So I, I think that a lot of people may not be satisfied with the current health system. Another reason could be ignorance, a lot of people do not even know the dangers of engaging in self-medication and so because of that they engage in that. And then another reason could be because of the advertisement, a lot of people, the companies are advertising the product, these are some uh, amongst many reasons why people do engage in self-medication.
0: Okay, what have you seen, do we have a particular demographic? Uh, that engages in the practice of self-medication. If we do have a particular demographic then which demographic is it?
1: Well I would say that almost all classes of people in the society do engage in in self-medication like I mentioned that in some instance people are getting a prevalence of about 99 percent of self-medication practices but however Further research has also shown that there are certain categories of people that we tend to to see uh, more prevalence of uh, self-medication amongst them. The first is the people who have low socioeconomic status, and that is related to poverty. So the very poor who have low socioeconomic status, probably because they don't have the resources to access Uh, proper care in the hospitals or health facilities so they engage in that and then also some research has also shown women too are also uh, more prevalent in women and so and I I don't know why it is so but probably because uh, women are more concerned about their health. Unlike men, men can have, men tend to have poor health-seeking behavior and so for women probably they are concerned they want to do something rather than just sitting there and not uh, doing anything and then also people in hard-to-reach areas, remote areas, rural areas because of uh, the challenges I've enumerated earlier, they tend to also have the uh, engaging engage in uh, self-medication uh, and then um, even the uh, people who are not um, uh, who are poorly educated. Mm. High literacy level can also, uh, we see that amongst them. Right. There are maybe students too, mm. because maybe they are at that point, they are uh, they can take risks at that period when they're growing up. And so we tend to see that amongst these classes of people.
0: What are the commonly used drugs for self-medication?
1: Okay, um, well, the major ones, I think um, most of the research carried out Feels analgesic, you know, that's painkillers as the number one drugs, and as the one you see a lot of people, even um, all these uh, people, vendors that will enter cars, buses, and you know, be advertising their drugs. So, a lot of them tend to uh, advertise their painkillers. Then, secondly, is uh, uh, antibiotics. Antibiotics, another group of drugs that are very, very much abused. Um, and simply because we lack regulation, you know, and even on radio, you you turn and they will tell you Staphylococcus everywhere, and so and every sickness, Staphylococcus and the rest. And ten, that tends to uh, encourage uh, self-medication uh, uh, practice. And then um, also um, the other group is um, maybe uh, the. Over-the-counter drugs like histamines, antihistamines, and the rest are also uh, another group of uh, drugs that are. Well. Antihistamines are generally drugs that um, people use against allergy, like common cold. Okay. People tend to use them, um, you know, and so a group of those drugs. people easily just go to them when you're having cold. You just go there and then you ask them to give you uh, that medication. And so these are. Uh, The top uh, drugs that are commonly abused.
0: And I'm sure because we're abusing these drugs so much, uh, there's certainly an effect on society. But we'll talk about that when we return from the break. Dr. Meshak, thank you for your answers so far. Listener, you on your part should stay tuned as we return right after this. Brightest white detergent, brightest. Brightest white detergent, brightest. For your brightest wash, brightest your brightest wash bright text Ever since I discovered the secret of Brightex white detergent my clothes come fresh bright and clean always. It's mild on clothes and good for my washing machine. Thank you Brightex
1: Brightex detergent cleans deep stains and dirt from your clothes keeping it fresh and bright so your clothes don't fade. It lasts longer Brightex White detergent a quality product from Nasco take the Brightex advantage today and keep your clothes fresh bright and clean your Brightex Wash. Brightex. For the Brightest Wash.
0: Welcome back. This is Nasco Moments and I am your host, Hudun Gang. Our guest has been Dr. Daniel Jato-Meshak. He is a consultant family physician with the Joss University Teaching Hospital, Juve. Lecturer, University of Joss, and an alumnus, London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, University of London. We are talking about the imperative for seeking professional medical help, and the dangers of self-medication. I hope you didn't miss the first part. Uh, we shall be continuing the discussion right away. Now, um, we talked before we went on break about the commonly used, uh, commonly abused drugs. Now, what are the risks associated with self-medication?
1: Okay, well, there are quite a number of um, side effects or adverse uh, situation that can arise Uh, from the use from self-medication and so the first thing that could happen is that there could be side effects or adverse drug reactions and so and that could be very deadly it could be mild sometimes just common swellings or rashes on the body and then there could be those ones that could lead to shock you know and unconsciousness and so it could be very very deadly because of that and then sometimes you know there's this drug drug interaction when you come to the hospital, we are always aware of how we combine drugs. There are some drugs that, when you combine them, they tend to react and create more havoc, you know. And so we tend to avoid that. And then even the dosaging. you know, is so. But when you engage in self-medication, you may not know all this, and so you may combine drugs that are not supposed to be combined, and so that could give rise to uh, um, side effects and adverse drug reactions. Injuries to organs in the body will arise, most commonly injuries to the liver, injuries to the kidney. Some of the causes of a liver, a kidney failure or even hepatitis are uh, due to self-medication. And then also addiction. Some of these drugs, people could get addicted to them because there's, uh, there are a lot of factors we consider before we um, prescribe med- uh, drugs. And so sometimes the drugs, when taken for long, could also lead to addiction. And so they could arise a lot of that. Then what about the issue of drug resistance? In fact, right now, that's a major problem globally. We are having resistance to commonly used drugs, especially antibiotics right now. And it is a danger for all of us because drugs that are effective for us right now and is able to cure most of the common ailment if we now that the resistance we're getting increases those drugs will no longer be effective and that means the implication is this that simple or common ailment that otherwise we will have treated without any problem will become a problem and will start killing people unnecessary and right now you know we have to go for maybe more expensive drugs and some of these drugs may have more side effects and so that is a danger and other countries especially Western countries have recognized that and have already taken steps we are still lagging behind especially in nigeria in terms of that and then also it could create a problem of misdiagnosis sometimes because you take the drugs it will create. It might even um, deceive the healthcare personnel. They will not be able to diagnose the drugs, uh, the, the disease on time, and so until when it is too late. Sometimes you take it, and let me give you an example that uh, we keep encountering in practice. Is a lot of women when they are having a uh, discharge, you know, from uh, their organs, they tend they will go to the uh, pharmacy. They will tell them, just give me concoction, and they will take it. And they take antibiotics on that dosage and then not uh, the duration that is supposed to. So, what happens? They will, the symptoms will subside and they think they are okay, but they are, they've just gotten a temporary uh, relief, but the disease is still there. And by the time it comes back again, there's a relapse, it comes out more serious. By then, maybe it will have even gone up to affect reproductive organs, and then years later they start complaining of infertility and the rest, and this is because of the problem of self-medication.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously, there are so many risks, and uh, um, we have to advocate that government does something about it too, since um, in developed countries, they're already taking steps against uh, drug resistance and so on. But what does the law say about self-medication? And you've talked about open sale of drugs in public places, in buses, in markets. Um, What does the law say about all of this?
1: Okay, uh, well, um, the law, there are over-the-counter drugs and the law has allowed that those ones can be sold at the pharmacy. They can just go there, meet the pharmacies there and then they will get the drugs. However, there are certain drugs that are not uh, over-the-counter drugs and these are prescription-only drugs and those drugs are not supposed to be... uh, acquired by any person except under prescription. Uh, But we're beginning to see, we're seeing that people are still getting those drugs and we don't know how they are getting it. And then there are some drugs that right now, uh, maybe they're over the counter drugs, but there's a need to make them become prescription-only drugs, drugs like antibiotics. Like when you go, I had an experience, I was in the UK some time ago, I had an element that needed. I felt I should have maybe gotten an antibiotic, but I went there, they couldn't give me because it was just common cold, and most times common cold are uh, due to viral ailment, not an- uh, bacteria, so you don't need antibiotics. They will not give me. They refuse to give me. I can't walk into a pharmacy and ask them for antibiotics. They will not give me. And so, these are the kind of regulations that we need. And then also, there needs to be regulation of Advertisement: how people are advertising products. Like, every time you turn to the radio, you start hearing all this stuff, lococos and the rest. A lot of them are misleading. You know, their, their products have not been subjected to any scientific process to prove the efficacy or the effectiveness of those drugs. So why do you allow them? Because if you find that, like, for doctors, you are not even allowed to... i about
0: native medicines.
1: Yeah, native medicines. But for doctors, you are not even allowed... To advertise your hospital and the rest, but drugs are being allowed, you know. And sorry, I mentioned one of the class of drugs being abused is this drug supplement vitamins. You know, people are just everywhere you turn to. So I think that even we need some regulation uh, concerning that. And so the pharmaceutical society, uh, National Institute of Pharmaceutical Research and the rest. I think they of uh, pharmaceutical council are saddled with the responsibility of regulation but like in Nigeria we have policies for enforcement is, a, is an issue all right, so, so certainly so
0: there should be more uh, advocacy for uh, more regulation yes. in this industry. What are the socio-economic effects of self-medication on the society?
1: Okay, Well, uh, socio-economic effect like I have explained earlier if people are you don't have uh, enough resources or household income. Then the little that you have, you engage in self-medication, which has led to complications. You end up, you know, spending the money that you don't have on to treat the person with the complication. And what happens? It pushes a lot of families into poverty. And then when the sickness sometimes lingers because there's a misdiagnosis and even complications arise, it might affect the person, it might lead to disability, which might affect uh, maybe the work the person does, and so reduce the income of that person. So it leads to, overall, it leads to waste. Mm-hmm. And it costs the, for the health system, you know, it, it is a huge burden on the health system, and so more resources are spent on the health system to treat uh, those kind of issues, and so overall, I don't think it's good for the economy.
0: It doesn't even help the poor person, no, you know, you gets even
1: poorer. Yes. Now,
0: apart from seeking professional medical help, how can the incidence of self-medication be stemmed?
1: Okay, yeah, I've mentioned some of the reasons why it happened. So, number one, apart from the regulation, I think there's a need for health education. We need to invest time. You know, health education has proven to be an effective public health measures to improve the health of the population. Like we say, one of the reasons people engage in this is ignorance. So we need to educate people at every level and we also need to engage communities. You know, community engagement, sometimes even at the level of When you empower communities with adequate knowledge, they tend to take steps that will also protect them or improve the health of the community. You know, the community will decide nobody should be doing this so so and so and so it will help uh, to do that. And then also we need to improve our health system. We need to strengthen our health system in the sense that we need to have more healthcare facilities closer to the people that are functional. Mm-hmm. We need to have adequate number of human resources. There doctors, nurses, all the complements of health staff in the medical team. We need to have them closer to the people. That will help. And also, um, when we do that, we need to strengthen our pharmacovigilance uh, system. And by pharmacovigilance, I mean, you know, there's um, section usually in the ministry of health they work even at the local government level um, monitoring for any uh, drug uh, adverse reaction also and so we empower those unit i think they will be able to help uh, with that
0: okay um, as we wrap up the conversation any final word for the person listening
1: well uh, though for me is that um, self-medication um, can be a dangerous uh, thing and so um, for the listener please if you are in the habit of doing this it is good to, uh, to go to uh, professional or, or people who have been empowered by law to prescribe drugs don't engage in self-medic medication because of the danger such as uh, liver failure or uh, kidney failure that we are seeing these are the common uh, one of the commonest causes of such and many other Uh, negative uh, consequences and so because of that I think that we need to uh, uh, adopt habits and behaviors that will improve our health.
0: Mm. Mm. This has been a very enlightening conversation indeed Dr. Dan Meshak, thank you very much for your time on Nasco Moments today.
1: You're welcome thanks for having me.
0: Alright listener I hope uh, you have been educated on the imperative for seeking professional medical help and you also know by now the dangers of self-medication. But we have to end the show here. Remember to follow NASCO's social media handles for very exciting information. Visit www.facebook.com NASCO group. You are also encouraged to send your feedback on any aspect of the NASCO Moments radio show to the email info at nasco.net or by text through the dedicated care line 0805 774 now, the NASCO Women's Trivia question for this week is, What is the name of a non-cancerous growth in the uterus that can develop during a woman's childbearing years? Send the correct answer via text to 0805-774-7777 and include your full name and exact location. Our trivia for last week was... What condition causes lumpy, dumpled flesh on the thighs, hips, buttocks, and stomach? The answer is satellite. And we have two winners, Beatrice Simon from Gindri and Celestine Joseph from Barchiro. Congratulations. We'll call you and tell you how to claim your NASCO gift baskets. The NASCO Moments Radio Talk Show has been brought to you by NASCO Group. It was created by Unimark Limited, marketing communications consultants, executive producers, in NASCO Marketing Department, Producer Harun Audu, Research and Contents Development George Palm and Harun Audu, Production Coordinator Solomon Audu, Deborah Kaladima, and Alex Rubin. Please stay safe. Join us again next time. Always wash your hands, wear your face mask, practice social distancing, and carry your hand sanitizer with you. My name is Hudun Gyan, and this is NASCO Minutes.